Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. First, Quiznos brought back prime rib subs Ooh. by popular demand. The Ooh. meat is slow roasted for eight hours. Second, doctors at the Cleveland Clinic say you can help build up your immune system this winter through food. Lots of fruits and vegetables is a great start. And finally, in the world of food, how would you like to eat your way through Europe? There's a luxury travel company that'll take you by private jet to London, Sicily, the Greek islands, and more to eat at some of the most famous places on earth. Mm. Now, it's called the Grand Tour. And before you get too excited about it, it begins... At $140,000 a person based on two people sharing a room. Wow. <laughs> and I couldn't find how long it was. So you'll have to... Like, is this a week? Is you'll it have to make days? some hard decisions if you want to go on that trip. You know, like, do we do we go on the Elon Musk journey into space vacation or the, the Grand, Grand Tour? Tour. <laughs> <laughs> I guess some people have that kind of money, right? I guess so. We were I looking at uh, We were looking at some of those river cruises, uh, Viking river cruises. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are some that they're expeditions that go for like four or five months Whoa. and they're the, yeah, they're like in the, they're 50, $60,000. I'm like, how do people get much money wow. where they go on a vacate where a, you can take off for five months mm-hmm. and B you can take off and blow 50 grand just on travel. Must be nice. Kind of people that hang out with Elon Musk, I guess, <laughs> yeah. or the kind of people that sell <laughs> Grand Tour vacations, yeah. right? Would you know what to do in a medical emergency? Coming up, the surfer that saved this guy's life. This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good Would you know what to do in an emergency? Thank God this surfer dude did. Todd and Donna were about to drive home after a week at the beach, but they decided, you know what? Let's put our toes in the water one last time first. Donna thought Todd was goofing off when he was suddenly face down in the sand. Turns out he had had a massive heart attack. No kidding. Donna screamed for help and yelled, God, please help Todd. And a surfer named Tyler was nearby. Well, get this. Tyler just happens to be a physician's assistant. He sprinted out of the water, threw his surfboard to the side, started performing CPR, and a woman put her arm around Donna and started to pray with her. She thought her husband was gone. Mm. Todd ended up having quadruple bypass surgery and gets to continue enjoying life with Donna and their five children. Wow. All Mm. thanks to Tyler being there. He's been texting them and Donna told him, we know that God put you there on the beach with us that day. It could have had a really different ending. No kidding. Isn't that a wild story? Surfer surfer guy Todd was like, dude. <laughs> no I problem, do, dude. I do what I do, man. Right. I was hanging ten. I had to get off the get out of the get out of the waves. Go save God's life. No big yeah. deal. <laughs> that was good. Coming up, do you have a tendency to be competitive when it comes to your parenting? Hey, do you have the tendency to be competitive when it comes to your parenting? They asked moms and dads in a recent survey, and more than half said, yep, I'm competitive. They were super honest and said that when it comes to their kids' sports, performances, social media likes about their kids, and even bake sales, they tend to view it as a competition. Hmm. Parents even admitted to being competitive when it comes to the cutest trick-or-treat costume or the best candy and decorations at their house. They all view it as, I get. I wonder if this competitiveness 
is single-handedly from Pinterest. Because, you know, you, you became, we use the phrase, Pinterest perfect. Yeah, and well, you got to have the perfect There are people that do that at stuff. Halloween, and they have the perfect costumes and the perfect set. And you're just like, wow, what a fun family. And then you hear it took them like seven days to set up that one <laughs> picture. And everybody was miserable and killing each other. And just like, okay, that ain't worth it. Hey, do you tend to follow any makeup trends? Watch YouTube or TikToks about how to apply makeup? Well, you're not going to believe the latest trend. And I'm wondering if you already know about this, Kev, because your daughter Amber loves makeup. It is makeup that makes you look like you've been crying. Apparently, Zoomers think they look cute when they cry. So we want that puffy, soft lip. Next, we're recreating that glisten in our eyes with some liquid glitter on the bottom lash line. I do not know who these women are. I look horrible when I cry. I mean, red puffy eyes, stuffy nose, snotty nose. There's nothing cute or attractive about me whatsoever when I cry. So why I would want to make my makeup look like I've been crying. I don't I I'm so blown by this whole thing. But they like they even put like they'll put um Vaseline like under their nose to give that little glisten as if their nose has been running. And they'll put glitter around their eyes so it looks like tears. Like the whole thing it's I'll show you the video. It's fascinating. Maybe we've hit the point where they they are literally running out of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone crazy on TikTok. So do you have a little routine every evening? Like you hope dinner's on the table, maybe around this time, and then you do the dishes and help the kids with their homework. Well, there is something that has been missing from our routine, and I'm trying to get it back, and it's been very, very tricky, and that is... Going for a walk after dinner. Hmm. When we had our sweet little Alex the Wonder Mutt, she would come and just smile at us like, we're going to go, right? Like, Hmm. that's going to be a fun idea. She would just smile and smile and smile. And you couldn't resist. Well, when you suddenly don't have a dog in the family, it's kind of like, oh, that feels weird to go for a walk without a dog. But lately, the last couple of nights, my husband and I are trying to get back into that habit. Hmm. And I'll look at him like, I'm going for a walk if you want to come with me or, you know, you don't have to. And he's like, no, no, I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. And like, even our neighbor across the street, she was kind of like, what, what are you guys doing? Oh, you're going for a walk. Like, it just looked <laughs> weird. Like, why were we outside all of a sudden? So we're trying. But man, it's nothing like a dog to get you to walk. Don't answer out loud, but think about this for a minute. Coming up, who do you feel is harder to parent, boys or girls? Who do you feel is more difficult to parent, boys or girls? Uh, girls, not even close. Yeah, we have four that's kids, what I thought. Three girls, and it is not, it's like a different, it's a whole different scenario. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed with people in my life who have boys and girls, but it, it does depend on who you ask, right? Okay, now answer this. Who ages a parent's brain faster, boys or or girls. Girls. <laughs> parents of boys age Mm-mm. faster than Wrong. those the brains of parents of boys. And according to a new study from Columbia University. <laughs> They're wrong. And the more sons in the family, the worse the damage. Researchers speculated that girls are more caring than boys, which helps parents to stay healthy. And uh I couldn't resist. I emailed this study to a bunch of my friends with teenage girls. <laughs> Their responses were hilarious. They're like, who in the world did this study? Oh, yeah. Teenage girls are mean. <laughs> study done by people that, have, that don't have kids because that's, yeah, that's just it was totally the, wrong. The researchers at Columbia University are the ones you can go, 
Use the little brain exploding emoji. Whoever paid, what were they thinking? Whoever paid for that study needs to get their money back. <laughs> <laughs> so let's completely dismiss and forget what the the brainiacs at Columbia University said that it's less taxing on your brain to raise boy or girls than it is boys because we all if you've had girls you know that ain't true so we'd love to hear from your experience in raising boys in raising girls what are some of the adventures what are some of the differences that you've noticed between the two between like i don't know your son comes home with a bad grade and your daughter comes home with a bad grade how do they react differently or they get in trouble with you how are their reactions different what have you noticed, the differences between raising boys and raising girls? Well, I came from a family of all girls, and my dad was the quietest person you ever wanted to meet. Just <laughs> take us. And all of my sisters have girls, and my sisters are all crazy. I have five sons. And I'm the only sane daughter. <laughs> and would they agree with you? Or are they like, you, Karen, you have, you have it so much easier than we do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when they start their nitpicking at each other. <laughs> oh, man. <gasps> totally true. Yeah, we had, had a son and three girls. And it is, it is a world of... Here's the difference I noticed. With Kyle, something could go majorly wrong, and he stays pretty cool. He's like, okay. The girl, something minor goes wrong, and it's the end of the world. It's like there are most, yeah. the, the, the emotional reactions are just so much more intense with the girls than with Kyle, like 100%. Oh, yeah. My nieces would fight with each other and be mad for a week. My boys would be fighting for five minutes and go watch football together. Right, right, exactly. Hey, Brandy, it's Kevin and Taylor. So you heard about this research that said boys age mom and dad's brain faster than girls. Do you think it's as crazy as most people do? I think it's crazy. I have two boys and a girl. And if I'd had my girl first, I probably wouldn't have had any more. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she, you know, don't get me wrong. She is sweet as pie. She's a God-loving, fearing person. She does not like to hurt anybody's feelings. But, yeah, come that time of the month, it's it's on. <laughs> um, <so laughs> now, even though she um, she was the, the biggest emotional handful with the boys, protect her no matter what oh yes and they boiled her rotten oh that's so sweet when you think about it we spend a lot of time trying to figure out is there truth in advertising because you want to know is this thing worth my money is it really going to meet up to its claims they, and yeah, you're going to do what they say they yeah do. so there's a long history of false advertising and people getting in big trouble for it and i got three really fascinating examples for you one of them is, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but they claimed that frosted mini wheats improved children's attentiveness by 20%, but it did not work. And so Kellogg's had to pay a $4 million settlement and stop claiming wow, when that, was that frosted mini wheats. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what and, yours. And what did they base the claim on? Yeah, this one is from as recently as 2014. Um, there was a. Um, uh, a commercial that showed a Nissan Frontier pushing a dune buggy up a hill. And there's no way that that truck could ever pull that off. Like, it was totally fake. Mm-hmm. And so the company was forced to stop airing the ad. 
and stop making claims that it could do that. Me and my buddies tried doing that. It ain't working. (laughs) You can even stop running that commercial. And the last one that I thought was fascinating, I I love vitamin water lemonade, the zero lemonade. I think it tastes so yummy Mm -hmm. and it's got electrolytes in it. Well, back in the day, uh, vitamin water falsely claimed that their products could promote healthy joints, reduce the risk of eye disease, Wow. And other health benefits. And so the company had to change the labels because that wasn't true. Yeah. Well, you know what does work is I, and I drink this by the gallon, is uh, smart water. <laughs> is that the key? Is that the trick? I'm way, way smarter since I've been drinking that stuff. <laughs> so do you like a good life hack? Do you like a good kitchen pro tip type life hack? My wife made uh, spaghetti and meatballs. People make that all the time, right? These meatballs were like the size of your head, and they were possibly the best meatballs ever. And there's a secret to them. Tell you what the secret is next. So I got a good uh, kitchen hack. This will be a chef pro tip for you. My wife made, uh, and I just posted a picture of the spaghetti and meatballs she made last night. These meatballs were, I was exaggerating when I said the size of your head, but no exaggeration. They were the size of softballs. They were wow big. Um, they were so good. I should have only had one. <laughs> I had two. And I was like, what is the difference? of the? They're so, flat. number one, they tasted amazing. But then the, the texture, they were, they were cooked perfectly, but they were still like moist on the inside. And, and usually if you make a meatball that big, it's like overcooked on the outside, raw on the inside, whatever. But she said, no, it was from a recipe. Like I, Gino, even telling about. The, he said, the secret is you make a paste with milk and bread. You make this paste ahead of time, and you take the milk and the bread, and you mush it all together. You make it until it's mushed together until it's like a paste. Then you mix the that in with the meat. So it's like right in with the meat, you mix this milk and bread paste, and then you roll the meatballs for 45 seconds exactly. Huh. Not a second more, not a second less. Interesting. And they came out, they were, they were, I would put them up against, go to the best Italian restaurant in Little Italy in New York City, I would put those up against those any day of the any day of the week and tracy would win it was just oh my gosh and what's the name of the cookbook if somebody wants to make the meatballs oh it was gino's family cooking or something like cool i can't remember i'll i'll try to post the a picture of the of the the cookbook people are about to have so much company for thanksgiving christmas new year's this might be one of those keepers i don't tracy said i don't know if other cooks know this but i was this many days old when i learned it i she just learned it last night and she said it was game changer for making those and they were so good but as good of a cook as tracy is if she didn't know it i'm assuming there's a lot of other people that didn't know so there you go little pro tip for you you know those feel-good stories I like to tell you, you know, guaranteed to put you in a good mood stories where, like, someone found someone's mm-hmm. ring mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they were fishing and they reunited them. They were like, yay, thank you, my hero. Well, a guy found a ring, tried to reunite the lady with it, and mm-hmm. it did not turn out at all like he expected. I'll mm-hmm. tell you the rest of the story in just a all minute. Right. You are going to love this story if you're one of those people where you feel like you have the best of intentions and somehow things tend to backfire on you. (laughs) This happened to a guy named Steve. Um, He was so excited when he found a ring in the English Channel. He's like, wow, I wonder who lost this ring. This is like, 
I'm going to try and find who it belongs to. I'm going to reunite them. And this is going to be like, make the news. This is going to be so exciting. And there was an engraving on it. And he was miraculously was able to track the woman down. And it was this big moment. Steve couldn't wait to be like, I found your ring. And she said, looked at him and said, please throw it back. She didn't want it. <laughs> she had had her heart broken and she threw it into the ocean because she never wanted to see it again. And Steve was just like, wah, wah. And if I were Steve, I'd be tempted to pawn it and at least get some money off of it. But Aww. he said next time he's down the ocean, he's going to respect her Maybe and was, throw uh, it back into the ocean it was for a her. a sign she should give the, the, give the guy uh, another chance. Maybe, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you would think if you throw a ring, what is it? if you if you love something, set it free, let it, yeah, <laughs> if it comes back to you, right? Right, it, 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 and the your, ring came yeah, back to the, the bottom of back. the ocean for Pete's sake, right? So maybe that's a song. <laughs> so that story about the guy finding the ring, yeah, I feel bad for him because he was like, I'm gonna be a hero, yep, <laughs> thought he was gonna make the news for positivity and joy and. It reminded uh-huh. me of those guys I used to see. Um, spent a lot of time at the beach when I was a kid. And you'd see these old guys, usually early in the morning or right after everyone leaves the beach, out there with their metal detectors, <laughs> just scanning back and forth. They'd have headphones on and this thing. It was like a just a big apparatus. They'd scan the beach like one way and another, one way and another. With it almost looks like a weed whacker, but it's not right. whacking any weeds. I was weeds. trying to think of something it yeah. looked like. That's exactly what it looks like. And... You know they'd hear like something in their headphones. They'd stop. And they usually had like a sifter attached to their belt, and they'd get their <laughs> sifter out and they'd look and look and look, and they'd find a can or <laughs> something, you know, something like that. But I wonder if there's any stories of God. Has anyone, one of those guys, one of those beach metal detector guys, ever really found something of value? I mean, something like big. Like, a, like retirement big? Yes. I don't like think so. I think Worth the effort big. I think usually it's things you, and a nice person would reunite with their owners. You think about what gets lost on beaches. Mm-hmm. Watches, rings, necklaces. Right. Toe rings. <laughs> <laughs> really? You lose your toe ring out on the beach? <laughs> Just one time. <laughs> this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good Picture this, you're a little girl growing up in communist Romania, and at that time, you cannot express any religion at all. You just live in fear and Mm. doubt, and you don't know if God really loves you. And then you discover a Bible in the floorboards of your home. That's a true story. It happened to a young woman named Isabella, and that's when Samaritan's Purse also stepped into her life. Yeah, she realized through their love and some gifts that they gave her that God cares for her individually. She was only 13 years old, and she said she knew in that moment that God saw her and loved her. He says he was divinely orchestrating each encounter she was having with Samaritan's Purse. Fast forward to now, she's an adult. Guess what? She works for Samaritan's Purse. Isn't that incredible? Mm. All the little details that God orchestrates so that we can come to know him. And if you love that story and you want to hear more great stories about the work of Samaritan's Purse, you can just go to their website. Samaritan'spurse.org. That's Samaritan'spurse.org. Are you feeling a little bit stressed lately? Coming up, your dog can tell and wait till you hear how. 
Have you been feeling kind of stressed lately? Ever wondered how your mood might be affecting others? Mm. (laughs) And we're not talking just humans. According to new research, your dog knows when you're stressed. And wait till you hear how they know. They can smell stress Mm. on you. Yep, that's how strong their nose is. Really? Your breath and sweat literally smell different when you're stressed. And your furry friend can tell. And I've often said that about my stress, like my Mm. sweat. I'm like, I'll tell my sister, I'm like, we'll talk about stuff like this. Just me and my sis. I'll go, oh, there's such a difference with the smell of sweat if it's from working out or exercising versus from stress. Hmm. Stress, sweat is way stinkier. Way stinkier. My wife always gets upset if our dogs, you know, ever have your dog, you're, I don't know, sitting on the floor or something, dog comes up and starts sniffing your head. And if they start... Your head? Yeah. And if they start sniffing your ear, she'll go like, oh my gosh, I have cancer. (laughs) I'm dying. Oh, that's sad. No, dogs are just smell sensitive. Maybe they're just worried that she's stressed. I think they're just smell sensitive and... I, I think that, you know, stuff that we think is gross. I mean, look how they say hello to each other, right? Yeah. I think dogs love odd and weird smells. And I would think your ear is probably a spot that if you have a highly sensitive nose, probably smells pretty darn interesting. I had to be careful around my little Scottish Terrier, Jackson. Yeah. He was such a sensitive little boy. And if I got too animated telling a story, like, and I seemed upset, he would jump out the pet door and go in the backyard like, I don't really like what's happening right now. And I would have to go, Jack, it's okay. I was just telling a story. Come on back in. As long as Glenn doesn't follow him, it's okay. (laughs) So can your dog tell when you're stressed or you've had a bad day? Or can they tell like right when you walk in the door, something's up? Um, My dog, Marco, I didn't have a bad day yesterday, but... He thought something was up yesterday. I tell you, his weird behavior next. Maybe your dog's done this too. So I'm not surprised to hear that dogs are in tune with our emotions and stress and stuff like that. But my dog Marco yesterday, he stayed by my, he normally greets people at the door and will stick with you for a little while. He stayed like glued to my hip until like dinner time. I mean, for like two or three hours, including I went to use the, we have a half bath downstairs going to use the restroom. And it's like a closet size thing. He he wanted in there. Aww. Yeah, he came in. I was like, dude, not enough room for both of us. You're going to have to wait outside. And he just looked at me. He wasn't leaving. So I pretended to leave. I went, okay, come on. And I closed the door. He st- he stayed at the door. When I came out, I opened the door. He jumped up like paws up on me. Like I wonder he if he could smell stress on you and he was worried but about I was, you. I, just, I said I was totally fine. Totally fine. Sometimes and- I think we're more stressed than we realize. Like, we don't even know it, really. No, I'm telling you, I was great. There was no stress. You're making me stressed now. I was- <laughs> okay. I was totally fine, and he just insisted on being with me. He does that in our house every now and then with people. Like, he'll do it with April. He'll follow April around. Mm-hmm. He, like, picks a person. That's so sweet. When, Ky- when Kyle comes home, no, anytime Kyle enters a room, our son Kyle, he acts like he's been gone for weeks. And he'll grab a toy and greet him, and he stands in front of him and goes, That's adorable. Like that, waiting for him to play with him. I know dogs, like every dog I've ever had, they're so good if you're not feeling well. They're just like, oh, oh, I'm I'm on patrol to make sure you're okay. I'll stay in bed with you all day. No problem. It's the sweetest thing. Right, yeah. They do. I think they they have a sense, particularly about their pack, their people, if something's up. 
We're talking about that uh, new research that shows that dogs can smell stress on you. And there's no way to look at it other than dogs are absolutely amazing. Like those stories, like, uh, uh, you know, the I've never seen the movie, but I read the book Marley and Me. Mm-hmm. And like when dogs can tell that a woman is pregnant and they'll just go like she'll be just have found out like a week ago. And all of a sudden the dog is putting their head on your belly mm-hmm. like that's my new person in their mm-hmm. development. You're like. How do they know this? Like they're just so amazingly incredible. I'm so glad God created dogs. Yeah, well, and then they got domesticated, and I know that whole part of it. But it's just they're so awesome. Dog is God spelled backwards, right? The (laughs) unconditional love they give. Yeah, it's just awesome. (laughs)